Thank you for joining us today for Kingdom Rock Radio. On today's broadcast, Pastor Sumiko Stroud is going to continue in the series entitled The Book of James. This is Session 6. Welcome to our Sunday School program. We're going to pick up where we left off last week in James chapter 3. Uh, today we're going to cover verses 13 through 18, and they uh, deal with wisdom. And we're going to talk about wisdom uh, this morning. I always like to talk about wisdom. We mentioned it at the beginning of the uh, book of James in chapter 1, and we're going to revisit it a little bit here. So let's go ahead and read uh, these verses uh, really quickly. Beginning with verse 13, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. All right, so we're talking about wisdom uh, this morning. And as we can see from that passage now, I'm going to go ahead and warn you, I cannot draw it all. Okay, so I'm just going to go with stick person, and even stick person's going to look crazy. But it is what it is. We can't all be good at everything. Okay, so this is going to be my stick person. Well, let me take some of the hair off because it's going to have to be me, and then it may have to be you. So we'll just, there we go. <clears throat> so this is our stick person. So what we're going to talk about today is wisdom. Um, what kind of wisdom do we have? That's what James brings to our attention this morning. When he's talking about wisdom, he gets, okay, now wisdom can come from one of two places. And we need to determine or, dis or find out which place our wisdom is coming from. We can have wisdom that comes down um, from God. right? Wisdom to us. Or we can have wisdom that comes up. He says it's devilish or from, you know, the devil. You know who that is, Satan, right? So we can have wisdom come from one or two places. Now, how do we know which, which is the source of our wisdom? Same way we know the source of everything, right? By the fruit that it bears, right? So we're going to take a look at that the difference between the two being that the fruit that our wisdom bears. Now, when we talk about wisdom, we talk about it being just judgment. It's about uh, the application of knowledge. And so James tells us, like he does with most things, it's like he did with faith, with him it's not just enough to say you have it, he wants you to walk it out. Same thing with wisdom. It's one thing to just say, oh, I am a wise person, or to try to walk around and look like you're a wise person. And for some reason, when I think of somebody walking around wise, you know, you always picture, well, I picture them in a robe of some sort. I don't know where the robe comes from, but I'm just, you know, you just got to have a robe 
on you when you're trying to look wise. Uh, so he says we have to go past just proclaiming that we are wise. Um, he's like, you know, let's put some put feet to our faith. Uh, we are, and and also to our wisdom. You can't just talk it out. You have to walk it out. And so he is letting us know, okay, if you are a wise person, then there should be some sign of your wisdom. And based on the fruit uh, that is shown from your actions, we will know the source of your wisdom. Okay, now, he goes through and he says, he talks about meekness. Now, to some people, when they hear the word meek, they think, oh, well, that's just fancy talk for wimpy. But it's not, right? Um, meekness has to do with strength and humility. A wonderful combination. I know who I am. I know what I can do. I don't have to go around and lord it over everybody. I know my capabilities. And when you've been around me for a while, you'll know my capabilities as well. I don't have to walk around with a billboard saying, I am the smartest person in town. I am the most financially wise person in town. No, you can be around somebody, and it doesn't take a, a very long time when you're in conversation with people, when you spend time with people before you realize they're either all that you thought they were or, gee, wonder how they even get out of bed in the morning without hurting themselves. Just spend a little time with people. So when we're talking about the source of, if we have, if our wisdom is displayed as, as meek, we are uh, strong yet humble. Um, also gentleness. We don't have to be abrasive with people. I don't know what has happened in the world to make us think that we cannot get our point across without being abrasive uh, to people, without being disrespectful uh, of people, but it's not necessary. We can disagree with one another without being disagreeable. And I think somehow we've forgotten that along the way that we can dis, you know, to have that. We don't, we won't all share the same opinion. Um, you know, my, what a terrible place that would be if we all agreed on everything the same way all the time. There's no fun in that. Right? Somebody's just phoning it in, if that's the case. You're not really invested uh, in this. So we are going to disagree, but we can be gentle in our disagreements. Right? We don't have to be disagreeable. Okay. When, when our wisdom brings honor to God instead of trying to heap honor on ourselves, that shows us uh, a characteristic of our wisdom being from God. Because our whole point, if my whole point is just to do things or say things so that you will think that I am so fabulous, well, then there's something wrong. Uh, I, my goal should be that God is glorified in my life. As Christians... <laughs> That should be our goal, not that everybody is looking to me, because what can I do for you? Not a lot. I mean, I may be able to do a little something for you while we're here, but, you know, I can't be all places at all times. Sometimes it feels like I'm running around and everywhere at the same time and find my, meet myself coming and going, but I am not, in fact, omnipresent. 
And contrary to popular belief, preachers are not uh, omniscient either. We're not everywhere, right? We are not, uh, we don't know everything. Some people think we may know everything, uh, you know, that we're all in their business. And I really don't know and don't care to know a whole lot of what's going on in some people's lives. Don't need to know that, right? So it shouldn't be that my actions or my attitude should not be so that I'm wanting you to honor me. I'm a person just like you. We're all in this thing together. So my things should be, in each of us, our speech should be, our lives should be, so that whatever honor is coming our way is then then lifted up to the Lord. We realize that I can only do what he empowers or enables me to do, and I'm grateful um, that of all the people or whoever that he chooses to use me in this capacity, knowing that the person next to me may not be used in the capacity that I am, but they are being used in a way that's equally as needful, as necessary. So that is not about me. It is about, I mean, you know, I have dishes in my house um, and there's no one dish that I prefer over any other dish. It's just whichever one is the right size to do what it needs to do at the right time. You know, pretty much whichever Tupperware bowl will hold the leftovers, that I can, in fact, find a lid that fits, is the one that, to me, is the most important right then. And that's how we are. God loves us all. I appreciate all my dishes because they all will have a role to play. Some, you know, play a role a little bit. You know, the flatware gets used quite a bit more than anything else. But every so often I do, in fact, pull out the casserole dish. And it has a purpose. And all of my dishes have a purpose. And we are vessels that are to be too, you know, submitted for God's use. And we all have a purpose. And neither of them more important than the other. Okay? So any honor uh, should be going to God. We are, I'm running out of space here. It should be peaceful and should draw people together. If your wisdom creates divisions in the group, then you may want to think about the source of that wisdom. Because does God go about, his point is not to create divisions in us, but to unify us, to bring us together. Now, will there be divisions created? Of course, the gospel does create divisions because there will be those that choose not to believe. But its whole point is to bring us uh, together, to bring us in unity. Now, on the flip side of that, if your wisdom causes you to be proud, prideful, meaning that it's all about you, that it serves so that you can you know, lord over people, that you can show them how you are better than them, uh, you know, that, that they are not as wonderful as you, that they are worthless, that doesn't sound like God, does it? And when we think about the sources of our wisdom, the two places that it can come from, then it, this over here sort of reminds you of the fruit of the Spirit, right? When the, you know, that we are meek, that we are gentle, uh, that, we, you know, we operate in peace. So there's going to be, the characteristics are going to be um, like their source, you know, so to speak. Um, think about even with our children. Now, if you look at the source of your, when I look at the source of my children, they are me and Pastor Stroud. 
Well, they look and or act like us, even if we don't want them to. <laughs> they may pick up those characteristics that we wish, like of all the DNA strands, could that one not have gotten lost somewhere? But they are like us because they come from us. Okay. Same thing here. Um, when our wisdom comes from God, it's going to make us be like God. When our wisdom comes from Satan or is earthly or devilish or, you know, having to do with fulfilling this flesh, it is going to be like him. And how is that? Selfish, right? Self-centered, prideful, um, jealous. That was the whole point, was the whole reason why Lucifer lost his position because he, he wanted honor for himself. He didn't want it for God. He was supposed to be honoring and worshiping God, but instead he wanted it for himself. He became jealous. He became prideful. He started to think of himself more highly than he ought to. And that can happen with us when we get so puffed up in what we know that we'll start to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. There's nothing wrong with knowledge. I mean, we should get as much as we can. I'm a fan of education. I spent quite a year, few years in school, probably would go back if I didn't have a child about to go to college herself. So that's kind of out right now. But I, I'm a fan of knowledge. I think we should learn as much as we can about different kinds of things, expose ourselves to different kinds of things. Um, so knowledge is good, but if it puffs you up so that it makes you think and act and behave like you are better than somebody who doesn't have that same knowledge, that's where we go wrong. So we don't want to do that. So if you have to look at, when you look at what is the fruit that, that is coming from that, then you know the source of it. Like you could go um, to the, the, the nursery, you know, where they have the plant nursery, and you could buy a plant, and it could be unlabeled. And you may think it's one thing, but sure enough, there's one sure way that you're going to find out what it is. And that is once it grows and the fruit, or if there are fruit or blooms or whatever comes out on it, then you will be able to identify, uh, in fact, what it is. Okay. Same thing with us. When we are getting knowledge, getting information, what becomes of that will let us know the source of the wisdom that we are drawing from. Okay. So uh, has to do honor for self, uh, selfish a uh, ambition. It's going to lead to a bad attitude. When you are selfish, you ever been around somebody that was selfish? Have you ever been having a day where you were selfish? You end up with a bad attitude, don't you? And sometimes I'm like, I just don't even want to be around me right now. You know, I get on my own nerves. You ever got on your own nerves? It's a sad place to be. <laughs> but, you know, it will lead to a bad attitude because it is one that is just focused on you or focused, you know, on self and not concerned about your neighbor, not concerned about someone else. Okay. So that leads to a bad attitude. Uh, it can cause strife and division. So that's something to look at, especially in a church setting. Um, you would think that in a church, you wouldn't have to worry about strife and division because we're all here loving God, right? And we're loving each other, and we are trying to be examples of the love of Jesus Christ. But what happens? 
somebody gets off track and they forget about the love of Jesus Christ or they forget about not being prideful or jealous or, or having a bad attitude. And the wisdom that they start to draw on is not the wisdom from God that draws us together and helps us to help each other grow. Uh, but they, in fact, start looking inward uh, and think, <clears throat> I'm right. Nobody else is right but me. If you don't understand the scripture the way I understand it, then you don't have an understanding. And that's a wrong, that's a terrible place to be. And that's when you end up with church divisions because you'll have somebody who believes it's their way or the highway. And who does it sound like to you that when they rose up and left, they took some people with them? All right? Same thing as you can see the source of that when you start to rise up and say, um, this is not right, y'all not doing it right. Now, to me, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm in church, and these are supposed to be my brothers and sisters, and we all have the same goal, which is to serve God, honor God, uh, worship him, learn and grow of his word so that we can do more for him. If that is what our goal is, then if somebody seems to be interpreting the scripture in a way that we think is incorrect, is the answer to leave them? It shouldn't be, right? If these are your brothers and sisters, I mean, I have a brother and a sister, and I have gotten upset with them not too long ago. But do I just say, okay, that's it? You know, everybody say, you're dead to me. Do I go then and just, you know, I'm leaving them. I'm not having anything else to do with them. As far as I'm concerned, they can drop off the face of the earth. No, that's not going to make any sense. Even if I were to say that, are they any less my siblings because I decide I don't want them? Nope. They are still my siblings. We are still at some point probably going to have to cross paths unless somebody moves anyway. <laughs> We're going to have to cross paths. So the best thing would be if we have a disagreement, the most sensible thing would be what? Let's just try to work it out. Let's try to come to some kind of uh, you know, agreement here. Let's try, let's try to get this thing where, because we are family and family is forever. And if we could take that view, you know, in our churches, then perhaps there wouldn't be so many people who end up just leaving all together because it hurts. We would say, okay, look, let's try to work this thing out. And even if there are some points where, because there are, you know, as obvious from the many different Christian denominations, there are some points that we just won't agree on. But then we can agree to disagree. And we can still come together and fellowship and worship with each other because it's not about us, right? It's about how we can honor God. And we can't honor him if we are causing strife or walking around with bad attitudes. Now, the end result to both of these is going to be one of two things. Where God is the center and the focus and wisdom comes from him, we're going to have peace and we're going to have unity. Where the focus is on self and Satan is the source of our wisdom, we're going to end up with confusion and uh, disunity. Is disunity a word? Today, it's going to be for us, disunity. Y'all know what I mean, right? 
we're not going to be together. So that's something that we should think about um, in every area of our lives. If what we are doing is the end result of it peaceful? Am I bringing people together? Or is the end result of it confusion? Because the, the, the scriptures tell us that God is not the author of confusion. Right? That means he's not the source of confusion. He doesn't lead to confusion. So if what we are doing does end up, you know, with a bunch of confusion and people are like, what, well, I don't understand. Then we, and it may be that we started out on the right track and somehow got, you know, off bases a little bit. And so we have to step back and say, okay, wait a minute. Where, where did I lose this thing? And we go back uh, and we seek God uh, and we ask him for wisdom again, because wisdom is what? Just judgment. It's like, I have this information, I have this knowledge, but I need to know how to apply it. It's a very practical thing. I need to know what to do with the information that I have. Uh, and so just like in our study of the scripture, if when you, you are studying in your private Bible study time, if at the end of it you are confused, then you need to step back because God doesn't lead us into his word to walk away confused. What would be the point of that, right? He wants us to leave with an understanding better than when we started. So if at the end of it we are confused, then don't just throw it away. Instead, take a step back and say, you know, okay, Lord, give me some understanding. Help me to know what it is you were telling me uh, from your word. Give me some insight. Somewhere I've, I've lost it. Somewhere I've missed something. Uh, help me to understand. Same thing when we're in a church service together. If when the word is going forth at the end of the service, if you are, now I know sometimes during the service, everybody has that look like, what? And I'm thinking, they look at me like I've sprouted another head. But that's okay, because I figure that's all right. The, at least the hamster's moving in the cage. <laughs> He's moving, which is a lot better than the other looks that sometimes I get like, there's no one home. A little bit of drool coming down <laughs> inside side of the face. So that's okay if in the midst of it, you know, you're kind of like, huh, young, you're trying to take it in and, you're like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. As long as at some point the light comes on. If the light doesn't come on, then we need to have a talk, right? Because that means that either, you remember at the beginning of chapter 3, when James says, hey, don't even want to be teachers. Don't everybody stay in your lane. Don't even try to teach. Why is that? Because we are held accountable. So that if, if the light doesn't come on for you, then that's when you need to pull whoever's teaching you to the side and say, you may be throwing it out there, but I'm not catching it. I'm just not getting it. Can you please help me to understand what was being said? Because although we pray and we try to, you know, express ourselves in a way that the word of God is getting out there, that's part of our vision, isn't it? Teach the word of God with understanding because it doesn't do us any good to stand up here week after week teaching you the word of God if when you leave you don't understand it because you can't apply something you don't understand, right? Case in point, you know this little pie symbol that they teach you in school. I learned that I didn't really get an understanding of that. I have no idea what that's supposed to be all about, other than it's some number, I think, that goes on for infinity. 
I cannot apply this concept because I wouldn't even know where. What you even use it for? When, I mean, now there are some things, you know, in my geometry class that, you know, I know when I have to look at, you know, figure out an area, some of those formulas and volume, that, that means something to me. I can work with that. This little fella here, I just, I know when it's funny, if I see it in a joke, I read some kind of little comic and they had it and I, and I got it because I realized the infiniteness of this number. But I don't really remember what this whole thing was about, why we even had to have such a thing, what it does, <laughs> when I need it, <laughs> what does it help me to know? So that was wasted on me, right? I, I'm sure I got through it enough to do well on whatever test it was on. But I, this doesn't make my life better because I cannot apply it. I cannot, if I'm out in the midst of some kind of tribulation or some kind of test, if somebody were to say they would give me a million dollars if I could explain this, I would have nothing. I would just be there. This would not come to my rescue. The word of God should not be like that for us. When we come to church, if we are learning, when we are being taught the scripture, it is so that when you walk outside the door, and there are a set of uh, situations or circumstances that come your way, you have that that you can pull on and that will mean something to you in that moment and that will help you through that crisis. If the word of God is not doing that for you, then you are not getting an understanding of the word that's being taught. I know it's being taught, <clears throat> Excuse me, but somehow between there's a disconnect between what's being said up here and what's going on in here. Now, it may be that you're not paying attention. Then you just have to decide I'm going to pay attention because if you ever gone to a church service and not paid attention, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been in one or two and I intended to pay attention. Only when it was over, I realized, ooh, what did they say? <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> because my mind was somewhere else. Maybe my body was overly tired, or maybe I had so much going on. You know how when sometimes they say you sitting in church making the Walmart list? Well, I'm ashamed of it, but I've done it. So I missed something that I needed to have heard, and who knows how many times I got out there and went around and around in a circle, because I didn't get the instructions that said, take exit number two. And so when exit number two, because you, have you been on I-20? Now, now, I have ridden around 285 before. Not because I wanted to see downtown Atlanta, it was because I missed my exit. <laughs> and I didn't know which one else I could take that would get me where I needed to go. And so because that thing is a circle, I thought, well, let's just hang on here and we'll eventually come back to where we know we needed to be. Well, that took up a lot of time. Who has that kind of time? But trials and tribulations in life will, will be kind of like 285. And if we don't get the wisdom that God has given us, the just judgment to know what to do with the knowledge that we have, then when your exit comes up, you're going to be distracted you know, by the traffic that's on the road. You're not going to get over in time, or you're not even going to see it at all. And you're going to pass it. 
And then you're going to have to stay in that traffic until you come to it again or until you get to somewhere where then you wake up and say, wait a minute now, you know, Lord, help me out of this. And he'll show you, well, if you take this exit, you can double back on some surface streets and get to where you need to be. But even then, that's putting you through stuff you didn't have to go through. I'm not really interested. Now, I like experiences, good ones, but I don't want to go anywhere I don't need to go. So, wisdom, just judgment. When we get wisdom, we need to know the source of that wisdom. And we can tell the source of that wisdom based on the characteristics of that wisdom. And we know that it's going to put us in one of two places. If the wisdom, if the understanding, the judgment, if what we are doing is godly, it's going to lead to peace and unity. If not, it's going to lead to confusion. We don't need confusion in our lives any more than we already have. Okay? So, uh, again, if you're not getting an understanding of the word of God. That's another reason why we have the media ministry that we do. Because even when you intend to pay attention, you don't get everything. You just don't hear it all. You just Have you ever watched a movie and then you watch it again and you're like, I don't even remember. I mean, it can be a movie that you were really into. But when you watch it the second time, you see something that's different. Same thing when the word of God, when we hear it, I've read, I don't even know how many times I've read James. But each time I read it, I get something different. Even last Sunday when Pastor Stroud was preaching, he was talking about the prodigal son. I can't even tell you how many times I've heard that account. But even then, there was something that for the first time, it stuck out to me the pain and the agony that father would have been experiencing when his son left. Because, you know, you heard it I mean, uh, first time, your first few times, I'd always thought of, you know, psh, you wanted it, you got it, you blew it, now what? You, you know, you come. But then for some reason, Sunday, probably because we had been spending some time praying for some parents whose children had gone, you know, astray. But for that first time, uh, I felt. That, and it took everything I had to keep from, you know, just breaking down. You know, you want to try to maintain a little composure sometimes. <laughs> but to imagine the agony that that parent would have been experiencing, not knowing where his son... They didn't have cell phones. You know, he wasn't Skyping his dad from wherever, saying, is, you know, checking in. As far as he knew, his son, his son could have been anywhere. You know, anything going on with him. But the word of God is alive like that. So let's make sure that we are spending time in the word because we want to get God's wisdom because God's wisdom is what we need if we're trying to live a life that's pleasing to him. We want to make decisions that it would be his decisions in ways that he would have us to make them. Now, if your goal is not to live a life that's honorable to God, then you don't have to worry about it because you don't have to work as hard to get Satan's wisdom, it's just out there available. You know, you go out, you better yourself, you treat yourself like you're better than everybody else. You know, and you can see that everywhere. You know, everybody does that. You know, you learn where I, I don't need God, I am in fact God. That to me is just a troubling, troubling thought that people live their lives that way. But it, you know, if it works for them, all I can do is pray for them, right? 
So that's what we want to do. We want to spend our time in the Word of God, spend some time in the Word of God. And we want to make sure that when we're there, we get some understanding of the Word, the, uh, that the Scripture that we're reading. And then we pray for God's wisdom so that once we have that information, when we walk away, put the Bible down, and we go out into the world to live, that we can, in fact, exercise just judgment and know how to apply that information that we have. Okay. Anybody have any questions or comments before we end? Anybody? No? Okay. Thank you guys so much for being a part of our Sunday school program this morning. Uh, we will pick up with James chapter 4 next week. Uh, it may or may not be in two parts. So far, each chapter has been. But go ahead and read the entire uh, chapter 4. And if you have any questions while you're reading, since you know y'all don't seem to have any while we're here, if you have any while you're reading it, jot them down. Because what I want you to always understand is it all doesn't come from me. Um, there's going to be input that you all have that is going to be valuable for the rest of the class, okay? Thank you guys so much. Uh, we're going to consider ourselves dismissed. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.